Hello again, Fusion Church family. This is our second devotion of the week. Uh, We're looking at some different scenes in the final week of Jesus' life leading up to the crucifixion and resurrection in order to prepare our hearts to really fully understand exactly what Jesus has done for us on the cross and in his resurrection. Today, we're looking at a scene where he is in the Garden uh, of Gethsemane on the Mount of Olives praying just before he's arrested. Matthew 26, 36. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Let me set the scene. Jesus has just shared his last supper with his disciples. Uh, where he has just told them about him. He's about to go to his death. One of them is going to betray him. Another is going to deny him. And he's just shared this kind of heavy moment with his disciples. And immediately following this, he does what he does so many times, which is retreat for a time of prayer. Over and over again, we see in the life of Jesus that before big moments in his life, he decides to get alone with his heavenly father. So in this moment, he does that again. He invites a couple of his friends, a couple of his followers to come along with him on this journey, which is just crazy to me to think about. He's just told them that you're going to turn your back on me, but yet it's still depending on them in this hour of need to come along with him to stand guard while he prays. And so he retreats to this place called the Garden of Gethsemane on the Mount of Olives. And most scholars believe that what this place was, um, was, a, was an olive press where you would bring olives to be crushed underneath the weight of a stone so that the oils would run out and that would be what would be used to create olive oil. And this is a place of pressing. It's a, pr- a place where what is on the inside of the olive is what comes out and the goodness that's there is actually revealed. And it is so fitting that that is where Jesus is in this moment. Because in this particular moment, this is when the weight of the world is really hitting him. Uh, He's been sharing with his disciples about what is about to happen to him and what they're about to experience. But now this is incredibly personal. This is Jesus at his most human. We see here over and over again in the short couple verses, it talks about how Jesus was troubled and sorrowed, even so troubled and so sorrowful, even to the point of death, it says. This is when Jesus is most pressed. We don't know for sure, is he 
Is he primarily concerned about the agony and the pain that he's going to endure knowing that he's going to go to the cross? Is he primarily concerned about the feeling of what it's going to feel like when his friends betray him? Uh, is he is he more thinking about kind of carrying the weight and the burden of sin on the cross? We, we just don't know. There's nothing here to indicate it. What we do know is that Jesus was feeling something that was beyond what many of us have ever even begun to think about uh, in this, this moment. And so he, he's crying out to his heavenly father because he is being pressed. And in this moment, what is inside of Jesus is what comes out on the outside, just like the olives that are being pressed in this place. What we see is a person who is 100% honest with his heavenly father. He repeatedly throughout this passage refers to God as my father. It's just very personal for him. He's appealing to his heavenly father to rescue him, to save him from this moment, if at all possible. And I don't believe and I don't think there's any indication here that these were token prayers, that Jesus wasn't legitimately asking God, save me from this. As a matter of fact, he prays the same prayer three times. And it seems to me like he genuinely wants his father in heaven to save him. And I'm sure that just like I have been there many times, you have been there too, or you've been in a situation where you wanted nothing else other than the father to rescue you. But what Jesus reveals here in this moment is more than just a personal desire for rescue, more than just sharing his lament and his pain. What we see is a submission to the will of his father in this moment. Even though it's hard, even though it's difficult, even though he's about to go through pain beyond what anyone of us could ever imagine, he still prioritizes the love that he has for uh, his followers and what he knows is necessary for them, but even more important than that in this moment, is the love that he has for his father. He's willing to be submitted even in the midst of this incredible pain. That is what is on the inside of Jesus. Both this human desire and longing to be rescued from that pain, but yet this incredible resolve as the Son of God to say, not what I want, Lord, but whatever you want in this moment. What, not my will, but your will be done. And it's interesting here is this contrast in this little passage. You have Jesus praying this prayer and laboring all night in prayer. And you have the disciples who are falling asleep when they're supposed to be standing guard. Most scholars believe that it was actually typical during this time for men to stay awake during the Passover already. So it would have been their normal practice to stay awake and be praying and singing and celebrating throughout the night on the night of the Passover. And here you would think if ever there was a time where that would be more needed, it would be right now. But even in this special moment, there, there Jesus tells them the flesh is weak. <laughs> The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Even now, they know what the right thing to do is, but they cannot do it. Yet Jesus, on the other side of it, is knows what's coming, and he so badly wants to be rescued from it, but he won't allow himself to sleep or to slumber in this moment. He is crying out to God for deliverance, yet submitted to exactly what it is that his Father in heaven wants. As I think about this, this is probably one of my favorite pictures of Jesus. I think we get a, a, a zooming in into what his actual heart and mind was like. And I just love, because this is a Jesus I can identify with. 
I've been there many times in my life and you probably have too. Like I said, where you have wanted to be rescued and you've cried out to God waiting for this moment to pass. And I love the fact that we have a savior who has experienced that same kind of pain and anguish, probably even more than what we know. And actually, the Bible goes on to talk about later that that he wasn't always tempted just as we are tempted. And that actually makes him able to give us comfort and to intercede for us in our times of temptation, to bring us comfort when we need comfort. It is incredibly comforting comforting to me to know that Jesus experienced the same kind of pain, even more than whatever I've experienced, yet somehow had the resolve to love his father enough to be submitted to his will. That to me feels like an incredibly lofty goal. It feels like almost impossible. I don't know. I wish that I I wish that I could say with certainty that if I would I would act the same way in the same moment that given the set of circumstances that I too would have said not my will but yours be done. But I don't know that I would, but what I am thankful for is that Jesus was able to do it that he models for us what a perfect love for the Father is, a perfect submission to his will. Um, and, and, and what I'm so thankful for is that I am the beneficiary of that. You and I are the beneficiaries of that. Had Jesus decided to say, no thanks, I don't want to go through with this. I don't want to endure this pain. We would have been left like sheep without a shepherd. But instead, we are given this incredible gift of salvation here in the moment. So I wonder, what can we learn from this? What, how can we practically apply this? One, I think that we can just have gratitude that Jesus was able to endure, that even though the flesh, his flesh was, was in some ways um, weak in this moment, that his spirit, that his resolve internally to be submitted to the will of his father would actually overcame that weakness, that he didn't give in to despair. And I think we can celebrate that and have an immense amount of gratitude. Thank you, Jesus, that you did that for us. Secondly, I think that it models for us what we should be doing in times of despair and times of trouble. Exactly what Jesus did. He got a couple of his closest followers together and then he went and he went and prayed. He spent time with his heavenly father. And I think that that is something for us to pay attention to. When, when trouble hits, when you're at your weakest, darkest moments, are you going through those alone in isolation? Or are you running to the feet of the father, running and saying, God, I need your help with this. And are you willing to take some other people on that journey with you? I think that that should be our model. And then third, I think that this shows us that that even though Jesus um, was in this place of incredible pressure, incredible uh, tension, incredible trouble, he did not give himself over to those things and instead chose to overcome them by submitting to the will of the Father. And I think that that's really challenging and encouraging for me to know that even when things are really difficult, even when things are, are at their absolute worst and most challenging, I don't have to let that despair keep me from moving forward in the things that I know that God has for me. I don't have to retreat and run away. Instead, I can run to him for the help that I need in the moment. I get to be an overcomer just like he was an overcomer in this moment. As a matter of fact, everything that he was able to do, 
I am able to do because I am in Christ. I have uh, an access to all of the strength, all the resolve that Jesus had when he was here on earth. I have that in me as well. And so what I hope and I pray is that in those moments where I am pressed, where I am kind of feeling the weight of the world on my shoulders for whatever reason, or when you are feeling those things, that what is what is on the inside will come out. And that will be a perfect love for the Father that is willing to be submitted to him even in the midst of incredible pain. That is what a world needs. And I pray for you this week that that will be the case. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, many of us right now are going through things that we never thought we would ever see. Our lives have been disrupted. Our patterns of life uh, have been kind of disoriented. And Lord, many of us, many of my friends who be listening are experiencing incredible fear and anxiety and worry. I, I thank you, Lord, for the reminder that you experienced this incredible kind of pain too. It might have been different and for different reasons, but you too were troubled and sorrowed even to the point of death. So I thank you that you understand my pain, that you understand the pain of my friends, that you're not offended by our pain, but instead you invite us to bring those things to you and to your feet. I pray, Lord, that you would give us a resolve to take our pain and our sorrow to your feet in our moments of need, and that we would submit to you even in the midst of all of the craziness. And I pray, God, that you would bring us comfort when we need comfort, that you would bring us peace when we need peace. I pray, Jesus, that you would impress upon us uh, what it is to walk with the Father through moments like this, so that we're able to endure with perseverance and press on to the prize that you have for us on the other side. Help us to not run away from pain, but run to you in our pain. And I pray, Jesus, that we'll come to know you in a deeper way and that we'll be able to share you with the world as you really are. In the name of Jesus, amen.